We hope you enjoy listening to this weekly podcast from Lifeline Church. Find out more by visiting lifelinechurch.co.uk. Everybody has the opportunity to take advantage of. And I was thinking about, as we gather today, we're a very mixed bunch of people. Uh, different nations, different backgrounds, different stages of the journey. Some are getting old. Some, like me, are getting younger. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, we're different stages, different points of position. Some people have uh, submitted their lives to Jesus Christ and have been on that journey for a long time. Others have not even begun the journey. Some have newly begun the journey. So it's a kind of interesting uh, mixed bunch. In fact, very representative of the world we live in. You know, not everybody is at the same place. Not everybody at the same point of the journey. They're very different people. Some have, even here this morning, some have probably never been before. Others have been here... Um, a long time, Alan. Yes, yes. All right, okay. Won't give away his age. Yes. Uh, but I have a question. In amongst all that, what is the purpose of your journey? What are you looking for? What is the aim? I mean, I, I know very sadly some people are reduced to the kind of, well, you know, I go to work to earn the money, to buy the food, to give me strength, to go to work, to earn the money, to buy the food, to give me strength. I mean, there's a kind of treadmill type thing. But I'm assuming that uh, the vast majority are interested in some sort of purpose, um, something as an objective on the journey. Now, it can be reduced to kind of... Uh, we were, we were away for a couple of days with uh, Jamie and um, we were walking along on the seafront and uh, seeing these, these sort of properties, you know, view over the sea. I said to Dawn, you know what, we, we could sell our house and we could come and live here and get one of these places and you look out over the sea. I said, wouldn't that be wonderful? Every day sitting there, looking at the sea. Oh, there's a boat <laughs> waiting to die. <laughs> Somehow, it didn't excite me. Not even the thought of getting away from you, that didn't excite me. <laughs> Truth of the matter is, we, we are all on a journey. And I want to just take a few minutes to look at that. And the best way to look at these things is to, because God designed us, created us, has a purpose for us, and it's not to follow a religion or to do certain prescribed things, it's actually to live under his rule. <clears throat> and he uses pictures uh, so often uh, in, the, in the Bible to describe what he's really talking about. One of the pictures that I think really is really good 
letting you into the truth is the picture of different entry points. And it talks about a broad, a big gate, and loads of people going that way. And then it talks about a narrow, very constricted gate, broad way and a narrow way. And uh, again, uh, the broad way looks actually much more attractive. And most people kind of drift that way. In fact, if you're drifting, that's where you end up going. The narrow way, uh, that's, that, that required an actual choice to take because you, you, you break out of the broad way because everybody's drifting along that way and it's sort of, you know, it's life and it's what happens and you don't really have a lot of control of it and you, you get born and you go to school and you grow up and you get married and you have kids and then they have kids and then you come to the end of it. It's a kind of, you know, it's, it's sort of what happens. But there's a life and a way described by this narrow way, this entrance, where there's a, a point, like a point of decision. Point, yes, we could be going like that, which is normal, understandable, but there is an option, an opportunity to do something else, to move in a different direction. And it describes some of that. It actually requires the most fundamental change. And the fundamental change is about giving over the decision-making and the rule of my life by me to Jesus Christ. Why, why, why would anybody do that? Hmm. Well, you come back to God's word and God's order. You see, he recognised that leaving it to our own devices, we were making a mess of it. I mean, it's, it's easy to look at the world around about us and see a mess. I mean, especially at the moment. <laughs> Dear me. Every time the phone rings, I'm waiting for them to call me to come and sort it out. What a mess. Oh, I don't know what's going to come. I don't know what's going to happen to us. It's all gone bad. Let's just curl up. And... Well, yes, I suppose there's that particular position. He saw that the most important thing that we needed, that religion, that laws, that all what had happened before didn't really work and that we needed someone who would actually stand in our place and gain us a position of entrance and righteousness to the purpose and the plan of God which is all encapsulated in the person of Christ. This is how he did it. Because he sent his one and only son to bear the punishment for our disobedience. And because he did that, he said, okay, then Jesus will be Lord. He will be over all. 
over everything, over everyone. Can't really, can't really do much about that. I mean, he's God. He made us. He made the world. He, he gets to decide. Big decision. Bible tells us that it was a decision that was motivated, driven by love. Now, it's very easy to think, oh, yeah, we'll love everybody. But it actually comes down to love for you, <coughs> love for me. That was the motivation decision. And he said this, he requires, as the entry point to his purpose, as the entry point to the life that he's got for us, it requires that we accept that this Jesus will be our Lord, our Master, whatever, whatever word you like. How do you do that? I mean, it, it, it's not going to work just trying to kind of handle it mentally. It's certainly not going to work by trying to do it sort of religiously, learn lots of Bible or nothing wrong with that, but it's not going to work. How does it work? How do we get the entry point to move into a place which is we're exchanging our life in terms of our will, our provision, looking after me for what he wants? And he made it so simple that it's, it's difficult to comprehend. He said this, that if we will make that decision, and here's the, here's the amazing bit. He said, I will give them free will. I will give them the opportunity to decide one way or the other. If we decide, if we choose to believe that Jesus was a man who walked the earth, was crucified, died, and was raised to life again in three days. If we make that choice, that's all that's required. Well, what can we do? What, what part can we play in that? The only part we can play is this. I will choose to believe something which is not possible to believe. I will make a choice to believe that somebody was alive, was killed, and was raised again, and now they're in a position of total authority. I will choose to believe that. Where do I go from there? I mean, it's one thing to choose to believe something, but come on. No rational person can actually believe that. All that's required is the choice to believe it. Because you see, this entry, this entry into a, a different life, this creation of a new life, a new spirit within us, is a miracle. We can't do it. But we choose and we say... This is, this is what I choose to believe. God, help me. It's over to him. Frankly, if he doesn't help you, you're stuffed. No chance. 
But here's the good news. He says, nobody who comes to me like that will I ever turn away. So that, that causes us to enter into this narrow way. Now, it's a voluntary restriction. It's a giving up of I'll do it my way in favour of his ability, our choice, to live his way. What is the purpose? What is the advantage? Well, let's look at it a little bit first. I was thinking again uh, about some of these famous quotations. Uh, C.T. Studd uh, was an English pioneer missionary of many years ago. He was an an amazing guy. Cambridge graduate. um, And uh, actually, uh, probably even more commendable, played cricket for England. Move on quickly from that. He was one of the famous Cambridge Seven. Even before air travel, this guy was a missionary uh, in India, uh, in Africa, and particularly in China. Uh, And uh, he said this, if Christ be God and died for me, no sacrifice can be too great. And you see, the sacrifice he starts off with was not his work in India or Africa or China. The sacrifice was saying, I will yield my life over to him. I will surrender to his rule and by his power live his way. I often, when I talk about that, I I talk about uh, Jim Elliot, the missionary that was martyred um, in Ecuador by um, Fernando's. But Jim Elliot, who was martyred as a missionary in Ecuador, used the same quotation. You see, what's happened is that here are just two examples of people that have, have caught a vision or purpose for something else, something more. I mean... To be honest, I pity people that try to present what God requires as a sort of sales pitch. Again, let me say, there, this can't be as a, this is a wonderful thing. It is the best, but it's costing everything. There's another story which, again, illustrates something of that. And we have a little sketch I've asked David and Amanda to just resurrect for me. What is that? A what? A jewel. Yeah, it really is. Ah, uh, yeah. That's incredible. Do you want it? What? Do you want it? I'm sure it'd look nice on my mantel piece, but... Why would I, I mean, why would I qualify to have a jewel like that? Well, you have to give me something for it. Well, yeah, obviously. <clears throat> so, what do you have? Um, let me think. I've got my Oyster card. <laughs> That's not worth a great deal. I've got 30 quid in used notes I've got. Uh, yeah, that's... Uh, what else have you got? What else have you got? 
credit cards. Better, still not Wait a minute, you want my, my credit account? Just loved you. I mean, how much do you want this? It's incredible, isn't it? Can I have a, can I have a hold? Okay. That's incredible. The way it shines the light. That's absolutely beautiful. Um, <clears throat> I, I've got some money in the bank, but that's all I've got, really. Oh, keys. Well, I've got my house keys. I've got my car keys. You can't have my car. It's a Mazda. A lot. It's incredible. I've never held anything so precious. My life. For this? Ah, oh, no. Nah. Um, look, you can have my house. You can have my bank account. Everything, including everything. My life. Yeah. All right, then. There's my house keys and my... Co- what? You, you hold on to these things. Why? Remember, they belong to me. But you're looking after them. They belong to me. But you're looking after them. It's not something that can be purchased. It's actually giving over that place of authority gaining in response a life with actual purpose and a very real destination you see exchanging our life for what he gives us is not a cheap thing it's a high cost there's a very high requirement Uh, It's not a bargain, or is it? We often describe a bargain of something that you don't want at a price you can afford. This is different. This is an exchange where you gain something of tremendous value. I want us all, whichever stage of the journey we're on, we'll look at some more about this next week, but I want us to understand that we have and are committing to something which is high cost, total cost, but the greatest, most wonderful experience and purpose and destination that anybody could ever have. You can't really weigh it up, you can't argue it, you can't persuade it. You have to see what's behind it. Isn't it interesting, have you noticed this, that even in our kind of instant generation, our microwave generation, how often people value something which is of a different type of value? Somebody who's prepared to sacrifice uh, themselves in a purpose. It seems to break through all the kind of um, stuff that swashes around in the world of of media. There's something that is recognised that is of great value in the heart when it comes to sacrifice. 
It's built within us. It's there prepared. What we're talking about is exchanging my life for his. For this man Jesus who died and rose again. And gaining this miracle, this supernatural transition. We're talking about coming into a relationship with God himself. Not some religion. Not some belief system. Not some instruction book or a map or as you've got it now. Oh no, as you've got it now. Satnav. Oh, do I have a love-hate relationship with Satnav. I'm not often tempted to throw something out of the window. Not even my wife. But there are times. Thankfully, this is not about our skill at following an instruction or reading a map or interpreting sat-nav instructions. This is about a relationship. God relating to us and surrendering to his lordship, gaining his life as he intended. What is the benefit? Well, (laughs) the peace and the joy and the purpose and satisfaction only he can give. But it's kind of nice to be released. Released from having to be concerned about my reputation, how I'm perceived, that I'm getting my fair share of anything, that somebody's not taking advantage of me, that who's on my side, who will watch out for me. I was, I always like to recall, as a kid, funny how some things you remember, um, I was running ahead, my parents, I can't remember how old I was, but walking in the street and two rather large characters um, decided that they would take advantage, I don't know, attack me or whatever, not realising that my father, who was not that big, uh, he was an ex-boxer, I mean, I love to remember this, there's these two great characters, little me and my dad comes along. And he dealt with those two characters. I think they would have been very, very careful if they ever picked on someone smaller again. I got a heavenly father that looks after me. I don't have to be looking after myself. I don't have to be fighting for myself. I don't have to be looking after, am I, got, am I getting the right reputation? Am I getting the right recognition? Great place of freedom and delivery. At great cost. Again, when I was thinking, there's a, a verse in Psalm that says, uh, keep your word um, even to your own hurt. It's about integrity. And again, it's interesting how many people who have no interest in Jesus Christ, they see the values that he brings and they're attracted to the values. You just have to understand that in order to access those, you've really got to submit your life in exchange for his. That he might then cleanse us from the past because we're all born in sin. 
and need that barrier to be removed. Sometimes when we're doing teaching, uh, we do it here, but sometimes in, uh, in the other countries that we work in, and we did this little kind of scenario. Uh, you're the last person to leave the place of work on a Friday. And over the weekend, somebody breaks in and steals the computers and, and you realise that you didn't lock up properly. And, or you left a window open or something like that. Should you own up? I can remember, it's very interesting, I can remember the fearsome debate that took place because this could potentially mean losing your livelihood, losing your job, and who would know anyway, and why would you bother to tell, and it's just the company and they've got plenty of money, and uh, you're in a much poorer state. This whole... And you come back to the place. God wants us to be a people who are truthful, who stick by our word. We've said it, so we'll do it. Who are honest. And the power to live differently becomes a demonstration of God's greater purpose. And of course, to the natural mind, it's crazy. Let's come finally to what's really behind all this. If it was a system, if it was an idea, but this is something which is utterly motivated by a love for you and a love for me. For God so loved you that he gave his son. For God so wanted you, so loved you, so desired you, had such a better plan for you that he chose to surrender what was dearest to him. His one and only son. Nobody made him. Nobody forced him. He could have called 10,000 angels. He chose to do it. So this whole thing is underpinned by love. How much is that worth? How much is that worth? You see, let's come back to the little sketch we just saw. It's basically saying this is not something you can kind of get on the right side by saying prayers or attending church services or anything like that. This requires a life. This requires your life in exchange. It's a high price. And it's not a one-off, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime of saying it's not looking out for me, it's looking out for what he wants. It's not what's comfortable for me, it's what he wants. And this is this high cost, high value life that he offers to us because he loves us and wants the very best for us. We're talking about a miracle of heart change. There's no laws, there's no religion that can do this. I'm not interested in religion. I don't really care what religion somebody is. This is about surrendering and gaining relationship with Jesus. So the natural mind is crazy. But where in a given moment something happens and there's a, there's a quickening, there's a desire to say, you know what? 
I think this is, this is where I need to be. I need to come to this place of knowing God and choosing to believe that he sent his son to die, raised him from the dead, and asking if he would help me to believe that and therefore enter into that relationship. There's the opportunity. That's what we have. I want to leave you with that. And if that's something that you say, you know what, I, I want to take that opportunity, tell me afterwards, and I'll be able to give you some encouragement in that. Talk to me afterwards. Look at me. But what a friendly face. I mean, anybody looking at me would be happy to come and talk to me, wouldn't they? <laughs> All right. When we join his kingdom, that means his rule. Let's come back to what we were talking on earlier on. We can actually begin to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, here on earth, even it is in heaven. And actually expect see if God according to his word has set us as light in the darkness sought in the earth you know what whether you were born here whether you moved here I'm talking about this nation this is where we are at the moment now there are many things that we are engaged in seeking God for in other nations, but right now, what a time as a people who know God to actually think about this nation. I guess in years to come, this will be in the history books the constitutional crisis. Did the Speaker of the House break the rules or not? What's going to happen? You know what God calls us to do? To pray for those in authority. Pray for our nation. Thank you for listening to this podcast by Lifeline Church. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. We are a relational church with a passion to demonstrate God's love to one another and our surrounding community in real and practical ways. We believe that God has called us to have an impact on our families, our communities and our nation. We'd love to connect further with you, so please do visit our website at lifelinechurch.co.uk, on Facebook lifeline.church.uk or Twitter at lifelineuk. Thank you.